Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Hey, blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit CenterizeBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! Get ready to hear some noise tonight! You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio! Let's have a dining brook! Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 15 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are the often imitated but never duplicated, the holiday-celebrated, 10-time defending podcast champion, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Special thanks to rockandthatidealife.com and centereyesbrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, December 15th, uh, December 22nd, and we are broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. This is franchise episode number 333 all time. To interact with the show, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just do a search for us, you will find us. Uh, I'm Kurt Price. I'm a co-host for the big show tonight uh, is Jeff Ponder. Bill Day is unfortunately on holiday assignment. And tonight we're talking... Yes, for all of you... uh... All of you who tune in for Bill, go ahead and just turn the show off. <laughs> and then we won't be offended. We get everyone's, it. Everyone's gone. <laughs> yep. No just listeners. Like, Damn it. Just like that. We uh, we have. I I didn't have an announcement until you reminded me that we won an award. It was a major award. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> an award that we won't actually get in person. Uh, right, no, um, it's a virtual, a virtual award awarded uh, uh, to the Let's Go Blues Radio from the Stories Podcast. Which, um, what was it? The uh, the Puck Stories, right? The Puck Stories. Puck Stories. Yeah, yep. was was the was their sub podcast you, that we were on. Yeah, if you look up Puck Stories on any of your wherever you're getting Let's Go Blues Radio, look up Puck Stories and you'll be able to find them. It's some really fun stuff. Yeah, and they they gave us uh, the. Most realistic reenactment award out of all the podcasts that they've had guests on their show, uh, we're, and we're, that's not just puck stories. That's yeah. that's sports, <laughs> that's all college sports, football, all their that's podcasts. baseball, football, yep. yeah, everything, basketball. So we won an award for greatest reenactment, which <laughs> uh, 
I think was well deserved. I'm not I'm not going to argue with with that. I think that's uh, I'd like to thank my parents <laughs> for allowing me to watch that hockey game that we reenacted. And I'd like to thank Bill Day for uh, being the greatest actor known to man. Really summoned his inner, uh, I almost said Charlie Day. I couldn't think of a better actor than Charlie Day. Wow. No Tom Hanks or anything <laughs> like that? I, I was I was looking for Daniel Day-Lewis, and somehow oh, Charlie Day Charlie was the first Day. thing that came to my mind. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, the kids nowadays probably don't know who Daniel Day-Lewis is, and but they do know that's who true. Charlie Day is. That's true. Uh, so Charlie Day. That, that's why I did it, for all the kids out there, for the Austin Lynch's listening. Fine, fine actor, that Charlie Day. Uh, <laughs> yep. and, and Bill did a fine job of jumping off, off camera there, off frame. Yes. Um, even though the, yes. their show does not do video, they just do audio only. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the reenactment, uh, the full, you didn't get the full deal of the reenactment because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a visual more so than a, because you guys reenacted the, the, pro, the, the pronger and uh, uh, Kiprios and Kiprios. pure incident. Yeah. So yeah. pronger hitting Kiprios, yeah. hitting him one way, diving the other. Yeah. So, yep. that's a, that's so yeah, we uh, we did that, and, and yeah, it was uh, for, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's on their Twitter, but we retweeted it, I retweeted it. If you want to see the reenactment, it's literally what a twelve-second video. Something it's like quite, it, it's it made me. It's one of the few things that I watched myself do, and I actually laugh out loud, like actually laughed, and was like, ah, oh, that was actually pretty funny. But it was mostly because <laughs> of Bill. Bill just did it perfect. We got a few people have jo- uh, chimed in, you know, at the beginning of YouTube. Uh, in the chat, uh, Austin Lynch says, "Let's do that hockey." Blues fan reacts. Merry Christmas, y'all. Uh, Matt Harris, Merry Chrysler, and a happy Honda hockey gents. I like that. And then, uh, and then everyone finds out Bill's not here, and everyone says, "See you later." <laughs> no Bill, see you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, shit. They all are saying that. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I wore my finest ugly sweater for you. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, I actually have another. Oh, from uh, Mary Woodruff Ponder in the Facebook chat. Hi, guys. Hello, mother. See you on Christmas. Actually, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, taking mama shopping tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Um, but uh, we actually do have another announcement. I know my mom's going to love to hear this. And, Kurt, I haven't even told you this yet. Oh. But the man that we played the Ponder Cup for, Scott Kincaid. Yes. Uh, he was who we raised the money for. He was unable to join because he was uh, doing some um chemo during the tournament um things looked real bad for a little while and it was uh really upsetting uh we really were concerned for him and his health and his family he called me tonight he is officially in remission nice that's awesome yes he is in remission and uh he will be getting a uh a bone marrow transplant they have it scheduled for early january so that is an excellent news. The first time they did chemo, it did not work. It didn't take or whatever the proper terminology is. So they had to go a second round, which is really hard on the person for those that have known anyone who's had to go through that kind it's of gotta thing. It's got to be hard physically and mentally. I mean, to do the, to, yes. you know, to hear it and then go through it again. It's going to be rough, so rough. I spoke to him right before he went back in the second time. And, and I'll say he's been pretty positive. Uh, he was not positive. And with completely understanding i i completely get why but it was really sad to hear him talk and it was just you know oh my god you know i mean part, part of you is just what can you even say you know what do you do and to get that news tonight i mean this is the first time that i've talked to him where he sounded like himself he didn't sound drained he didn't sound 
upset. You know, he was very happy. And to get that news right before Christmas and he gets to spend it with his kids, he's at home. Uh, just awesome. Uh, really, really brightened my day. And so for those of you who are listening, who participated in the Ponder Cup, um, I know you'd want to hear this good news. And, and again, um, we love you, Scott. I know you're listening and um, really, really happy for you. And, and I just, I couldn't be, none of us can express how excited we are for you and your family. That's great. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's like great holiday news. That's just a, you know, something, something extra to celebrate, something huge extra to celebrate. That's great. Yep. Um, official beers of episode number 333. Uh, you can follow each of us on the untapped app. I'm C price 12. Jeff is J ponder 94 and Bill is Billy blue note 33. Uh, Jeff, uh, what you got, sir? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting trash talked in the Facebook chat right now. <clears throat> Joey Wolf, who is the winning captain. Uh, he said, glad he's home. And then he says, did you participate in that ponder? <laughs> God damn it. I need to dethrone that asshole. Hey, you should, give you me should... that cup back. I need to get it engraved, pal. <clears throat> you did show up and you scored one goal. I mean, you were on the score sheet, so it's proof is you were there. That's true. I was there. Plus, it you know, kind of is my name in the tournament, so I better right. fucking be there. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Mary Woodruff Ponder says, yay, wonderful news. I agree. Um Blues fan reacts. Love you, Scott. Just in time for Christmas, too. That's awesome to hear. Fucking A. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, so my a. beer of my uh, <laughs> my beer of the episode. Yeah, pulled that straight out of 1999. Office space. Um, Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, Oktoberfest uh, from Schlafly. Still working on all the October beer that I bought. So, um, yep. Decided to go. With, it was either Oktoberfest or Budweiser. I went with Oktoberfest. <clears throat> that was a good call. <laughs> No offense against Budweiser, but I, you know. No, just, you know, there's more flavor to the Oktoberfest. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's and it's fairly seasonal. I mean, it will topical, even though yeah. we're past the Oktoberfest season. Yep. Uh, and I did talk to Bill. Uh, he is drinking a Mike's Hard Lemonade tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who, somebody, somebody was on Twitter. Somebody hit me up with a, you're probably drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade right now. Who was that? I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, God damn that it. That sounds like a Twitter <laughs> comment. That uh, my 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 love of fruity beers uh, <laughs> uh precedes me. Um I, and I have not had a Mike's Hard Lemonade in a long time. Um yeah. but I'm not they're good. I just I haven't had one in forever. Um my beer tonight is the if you I'm gonna I'm gonna I wanna oh, it, I see it and I love that beer. Yes, people in the in the YouTube chat, Facebook chat, have you had this beer? Love Gun by Heavy Riff Brewing. It's a it's one a local, of my favorite beers. Yeah, it's a local brewery in San Louis. Heavy Riff. Um, it's a vanilla cream ale. Really good. Really good. Good out of a can. Better uh, on draft. Um, and it's you'll find it on draft all over. I mean, it's it's a number of places. It's not unusual. I, I know the uh, the big the big pizza place, Mellow Mushroom. I know they have it on draft. They've had it uh, on this side of the river too, on draft. So it's 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 yeah. it's it, it has legs um, as far as distribution goes in the area. So if you have had it, chime in and let me know what you think because it's a it's a vanilla cream ale. It's not a heavy uh, dark beer. It's a it's a light to nail, and it's a vanilla cream. It's good. You can taste the vanilla, kind of creamy. It's good. So and every time I see it somewhere, I'm like, gotta get this, gotta get it. Yep, you can drink yep, it, and you thing. can, and it's dangerous because you can drink a lot of it. It's not like a heavier, mm -hmm. darker beer. 
<laughs> so you can, it's, it's kind of, it's like, it's kind of like uh, the first time you have like a hard root beer, right? First time you have yep. one, you're like, oh, this is good. And that's not yep. a good thing because I can drink a bunch of these. <laughs> yep. mess you up. But, yep. uh, that, had... that love gun, I, I discovered it last summer and I remember just taking one taste of it and being like, oh my God. And like, you know, whenever I get a beer somewhere, cause I got it on draft and I, I always tell my wife, like, you gotta try this. It's good. And she's always just like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, no, seriously, try this beer. So she finds, she did try and she goes, oh my God. She goes, I need to get one. Waitress came over and she ordered one. I mean, it, we fell in love with it. We found out total wine has it. And that was pretty much all that we had stocked for about two months over the summer. It's a great beer. Uh, Amy gave this to me the other day and I forgot why she said she gave it to me. Um, I was, I just, I saw the beer and I'm like, Oh, and I completely just <laughs> didn't hear what else she said after that. <laughs> but all I knew is that I have one now. <laughs> in my house. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, it is. Agreed. We, we agree. I think they're in Clayton. I've been there. Uh, they have a restaurant too. Um, or they did. Uh, didn't they, did they like have a different location to move or have they always been in the same place? That sounds uh, right. Maybe. Because because I they may have moved, but uh, I believe if the, the same place I'm thinking of, they had a restaurant at one time and they had really good food too. Heavy roof brewing. Yeah. So I've heard that. I've had I'm yet to be there. Need to try it. Yeah. Uh, Matt Harris in the YouTube chat. My beer for tonight is Flying Duck from Flyway in Little Rock, a nice amber lager. I love I love, like you said last week, that people will chime in with what beer they're drinking. And I also love to hear, because with craft breweries, uh, you get cool names for beers. And yeah. it's neat seeing uh, uh, the different names for beers. Hell, the artwork on some of the cans and bottles is just uh, cool just to post, just to look at. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree. <clears throat> Much more creative uh, uh, than your your big-time distributors, which mm -hmm. is weird. You could do anything. You have big money. You can do anything you want. And you design, you know, I mean, it's it could be a cool label, but it's not as cool as what craft beers are doing. Yep. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, December 22nd, 1991. Uh, 30 years ago today, uh, Jeff, you were uh, just a wee lad in 1991. Uh, 1991, I believe I was negative uh, four. Negative four. Bob Bass, Bob Basson tosses referee <laughs> Kerry Frazier to the side to go at it with Steve Smith of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, if you want to watch this fight, you can go to S at STL Blues History on Twitter. He has got a, a video posted of this fight. And I remember this play. Um, uh, and it's it's because I was in high school and this uh, this uh, this happened. And it was interesting because at the time you're like, wow, he's going to get suspended, you know, for mm -hmm. ragdolling a referee. Um and nothing happened. And then part two of this video that he shared on Twitter is Carrie Frazier on the Cam and Strick podcast talking about that incident. And <laughs> he's he's basically saying, you know, I got to protect Bobby Basson. I got to get in there and, and, and separate Steve Smith, who's this tall guy. Steve Smith was not a brute. I mean, he was a tall guy. He wasn't a fighter. I mean, yeah. Bob Basson was a little littler guy, but Bob Basson wouldn't fight anybody. I mean, I don't. Oh, he's so, a feisty dude. So I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm like, or this video. I'm watching this video. I'm like, how much does Kerry Frazier know Bob Bassett? I mean, because he's like, I'm, I got and he's like, all of a sudden, then Bob Bassett like throws Kerry Frazier to the side, and he starts going out with Steve Smith, and he does really well against Steve Smith, who's like a foot taller than him. And then Kerry Frazier said, "Oh, he's sitting there rooting for Bob Bassett because he's like really giving it to Steve Smith, and he's so shocked and surprised." I'm like, 
I don't know. Carrie Fraser's taking a few bucks to the head. I don't know. He's, doesn't seem like he knows it. I mean, maybe it's just that I'm a blues fan and I am well aware of how Bob Basson played. You know how tough he was, how he would fight anybody. And he was, you know, he's he was good. He could hold his own. Like Clay Chase, not as good a fighter as Clay I, Chase, but still. My dad, one of my dad's all-time favorite players, uh, and and I remember this too because my dad so loved fun. Bob Basson. And I remember when this happened, and my dad just jumping up and going, "Yeah, get him, Bobby! Get him, Bobby!" Yeah. And just that's one of my honestly one of my first memories of him as a blue. So I actually do remember this. I, yeah. I was six, to be honest, at the time. And uh, I just remember watching this game and thinking, God, hockey's awesome. <laughs> so, so, OK, so speaking of the beers, uh, more of that girl, which is Amy. She's a heavy riff is in Dogtown, has been for years and years. So I don't know what I was thinking of uh, about the place that. <laughs> has a yeah, restaurant a move? Clayton. Had to have been somewhere else. I don't remember. Whatever. It's but in Dogtown. No, you're, she's right. It is in Dogtown. Of course she's right. Of course. She's dating <laughs> you. How could she ever be wrong? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's the phrase? If you're I, you're wrong, I don't want to be right. Or I don't know. That doesn't apply here. Anyway, moving on. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, December 22nd, 1996. 25 years ago today. This was interesting. And I have a thing that we we talk about this. So Brett Hall, this is the anniversary of Brett Hall scoring his 500th goal uh, in the NHL. So Brett Hall gets his 26th career hat trick and his 500th career goal uh, in the Blues 7-3 win over the LA Kings. And early in the third period, like the first 30 seconds, uh, Hall takes a shot and it goes off Mateau's leg, foot, you know, toe, if you will. And goes in. But nobody realizes it at first. I mean, Hull does. Hull knows. Uh, some of the players in the ice don't. Uh, I'm sure Mateau knew it went off of him. <laughs> the way he raised his hands and stuff. But uh, so they announced this goal as Hull's 500th goal. And he's just like not celebrating really. He's the guys are coming over and pat him on the head and stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's embarrassing. That's not my goal. And so Watch he's the replay. Yeah, right. Exactly. So he goes to the bench and, and he's, and there's a long delay because this is a hat trick goal that fans think, right? So all these hats come down on the ice and there's a long delay. They're getting the hats off and they're announcing the 500 of the goal and Hull's like, no, no. <laughs> and the camera's on him and he's like going like this. He's pointing to his, to his right or his right. And he like, no, that's, that's Mateo's goal. <laughs> and, but no one said, so the, the long delay, Hall goes off the bench, goes over to the scores table and, and to Koharski, who, and he tells, he, you can see him telling Koharski, it's not my goal. It went off my toe. And, uh, Stefan Mateau, not my toe. Not my toe. God damn Stefan Mateau. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells Koharski, and, and, and he's telling people on the bench, you can see him start laughing. Um, and he, so, and, but he tells the score, the score table, and then a good 10 minutes of game time goes by which is probably like 15, 20 minutes, right, of, of actual clock time. Um, and they hadn't announced that the goal wasn't Hulls. So this whole, like, 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was a game time, everyone thinks Hulls scores 500. And then Hulls scores later in the game, like, like six minutes to go in the game or seven minutes to go in the game, something like that. And he scores clearly his goal. And then Hull starts to – Hull really pumps his fist and celebrates. And then – uh, as soon as he scores, Kim Wilson says, because some, someone must have told the broadcast crew at some point that that's not Hall's goal, the first one. But he didn't, no one said anything. 
So Hull scores his goal in the second one, which is his, actually his third one of the game, which is the actual hat-trick goal and his 500 of the game. And Kim Olsen says, uh, rumor, uh, there's a rumor going around that the, or, uh, there's some rumors going on that the, there's, the first goal was There not... had been reports that the yeah. previous goal had been credited to Mateau. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so this may be Brett Hull's 500 of the goal. <laughs> and then you hear Tom Calhoun uh, announce it in uh, during the game that uh, the previous goal that Hull scored was credited to Stefan Matteau. So that makes this goal Brett Hull's 500th career NHL goal. And the crowd goes crazy again. And so that was very strange because when I was watching the game on TV, I could tell. They, the one replay they showed, I was like, oh, that went off Matteau. That's not even close. The shot was going wide, I think, even. And went off Matteau and in, off his shin or something. And uh, it was the last replay they showed of the goal because it was kind of kind of from behind where Hall shot, so you could see what was. What was and I was like, "Why aren't they saying this? Why why isn't somebody changing this goal?" And uh, and they finally did, so they got it right. But it was interesting I, how that happened. I relate this to another Brett Hall famous goal uh, when he scored in '99 to win the cup. I think it was one of those situations where everything had already started, all the celebration, everything, and it was, you know, they saw it. You know, minutes later, it was, oh shit. Uh, I mean, obviously, the 99 goal was way, way bigger scale, but it was, oh, shit. And and I think with the with the broadcast crew, with the in-game crew, um, they're all thinking, what the fuck do we do? Everyone's already celebrating. You announce the goal. goal. The longer you wait, the worse it gets, right? It has to be. Yeah. They, they even and, stopped and playing and took the goal thinking, off the ice. They're just We've got to figure out what to do. And then Brett Hall scores again, and it's, oh, okay, he just yeah. solved our problem. Yeah, he, he fixed everything. <laughs> but can you, and they, they, they took the goal off the ice after the first goal was scored, after his mm-hmm. first 500th goal. Um, and so he's laughing on the bench and he's at, at what's going on. He's like, this is not my goal. And uh, he yeah. had to go tell people. And How about that, was... Brett Hall, the only man to score 500 goals twice. <laughs> See, that's what Ken Wilson said <laughs> during the broadcast. Yeah, what happens if Hall doesn't score the second time to 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 assure to assure that that, that that's his 500? When do they announce it? When? I don't. I think they announce. I don't even think they announce it. I think. I think they, they after the release game release a statement after yeah. the game and say Brett Hall did not score his 500th. Stefan Matteau touched it. And then next game, you just hope he scores his five. That's such an awkward thing because whenever there's a goal change, they announce it. And but just because it was a big goal, what's the difference? You got to announce it. It's going to be announced anyway. Why not just? I don't know. It just, I it's, it's so. I weird. think with the way replays are nowadays, where I mean, you could literally be in the crowd, and the the screen is so well, so much bigger now too. But it's also the, clear. The, More clear. The, it's clearer. I think they would handle that much quicker. And they would say, oh, people can tell that wasn't Hall's goal. But back then it was, nobody can tell in the crowd. We don't want no. to tell them yet. Micheletti was on the color in, in that game. And he said, looks like it went off. I forgot who was in that for L.A. Uh, looks like it went off so-and-so's stick. And I was like, uh, was it uh, was it Rudy? I don't know if it was Rudy. Let's see, L.A. in 96. Um, Might have been Rudy. Maybe Rudy. No, no, no. Rudy was 93-ish. Maybe. Maybe Storm. Uh, Felix Potman. It might have been Storm. He was Storr. there for a while. I think it was after Rudy. Um, Rudy was 93 when they went to the final. Um, let's find out. Anyway, so that was that was odd. But McLeady said that he, he could tell it changed directions, but he was saying it went off the goalie, which it was like, no, I don't think it did. And I, I could, But I, I can remember seeing at the time, even on non-HD TV, I could say that went off my toe. 
So. All right. In goal. Who started the game. I was going to say this. God damn it. I need to stop biting my tongue. Stefan Fasse ah, was okay. in goal. Uh, but also Byron Defoe was in goal. Defoe? Uh, okay. Which Defoe did not give up any goals. I so remember it was Stefan Fasse. I remember Defoe for Boston. I don't remember him with, with LA. Yeah, I think towards the end of his career, he okay. went over to LA. Defoe was a favorite of mine for uh, fantasy hockey. He, he had a good couple years. Oh, he was with LA first. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, he was with that makes sense. Washington, which I remember Washington, yeah. then L.A., then Boston, then Atlanta, yeah. which I do I think not remember him with Atlanta. <laughs> Where is it? You have, like, numbers in front of you? His best years in Boston? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. By far. That's what 9-11 GAA yeah. 2.3. I'm sorry, 9-11 save percentage 2.3 GAA. Hot, next highest would be his time in. Yeah. LA 895 353. Yeah, a couple of years I had him in my uh, fantasy league and when he was with Boston. Okay, uh, December 22nd, 1976. 45 years ago today, Bernie Federico made his NHL debut in a 2 to 1 St. Louis Blues win versus the Colorado Rockies. Bob Gasoff had a two point night and scored the game winning goal in that game. Um, December 22nd, 1979. The 914 consecutive game streak of Gary Unger came to an end as Al McNeil, who was head coach of the Atlanta Flames, did not play him a shift against the St. Louis Blues. Unger's consecutive streak started and ended against the St. Louis Blues. Um, And, of course, Unger had played a number of years here. Um, But you find it odd, Jeff, that he dressed for this game, sat on the bench, didn't play a single shift. Put about there. I mean, uh, Henrik Sedin. He had a consecutive game streak. And I remember it was like the 81st game of the year. He got hurt. And so they dressed him for the 82nd game and just had him step on the ice. So that way they could count him as a shift. And he yeah. continued his record. Yeah. Why not let Gary Unger do that? Well, here, here's the thing. I don't like that. I don't like what that I don't like that 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 consecutive game streak to do that because that's not that's not authentic. That's not he's not he shouldn't be playing. If he's just stepping on the ice for a second and coming off just to get credit for a game played, come on. He's not – that shouldn't be – he shouldn't be playing. He shouldn't be dressing if he can't play. Now, the coach – and maybe it's a different era. This was 1979. So – and this was before my time. I was only five. Uh, but, you know, maybe at the time they would dress players and it was not uncommon for them to only play a couple shifts or not at all. They didn't, they didn't play their fourth line as much as they do now. No, I know that, but I, but I, I, but not playing a guy at all. That's maybe, and maybe they just didn't call up guys and healthy scratch guys uh, as much as they do today. Maybe it's a different, yeah. different era, different thing. But, but the his teammates, Unger's teammates at the time, they were they were trying to get the coach to put him on the sh- uh, uh, on the ice for one shift just to get, you know, to to extend the record. But uh, he said no. He goes if if and he he said he dressed him. Not with the intention to sit in the whole game. He thought if it comes to a situation where we would he would help the team, then I'd play him. And they won the game like seven to three or seven to two or something. They were up by a lot. So he could have put him out there and it wouldn't have hurt the team. They would have got the win. So that's interesting too, because they won by a lot. Yeah. So yeah, but but, but I don't I don't think bad of the coach for uh not putting him out there just so he can get the record because I don't that's eh that's kind of Extending your record Hokey. when it shouldn't be, you know what I mean. You shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Uh, but dressing him, 
when he might not play at all. That's weird to me. Yeah. But again, different. Why even give him the hope? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, a lot of the players were lobbying for him to play and, uh, but they, he did, he said that if he's not going to help the team, I'm not going to, you know, he, I think he said to the players, I'm coaching the team. You're not, <laughs> which well, no shit. Got to love when a coach says that. Yeah. Um, but then again, if you're a coach and you, and you, I, I, I don't know. I think Unger said, um, he appreciated the teammates lobbying for him. It was disappointing not to get in the game, but at the same time, it was a huge relief to have that, uh, albatross, you know, the the pressure to keep, uh, that going. That going. makes me, that makes me think back to Jay Bolmeister when they just kept playing him. For those that don't remember, we used to hate Jay Bolmeister, all of St. Louis. Don't yeah. act like you didn't. Um, there was a period where he was playing pretty much. I mean, he was. He was playing every game. And it was clear there was just something not right, but they just kept putting him out there because he had that games played streak. That was his and first I don't know year if here. It was him. His uh, first. Oh, no. No, 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 no. His first season here, he Full season? lost a streak. Yeah. His first full season here, he lost a streak. I remember that. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was his second season. Oh, maybe. But and then I, after that, he started sitting games because it was clear he was hurt, but they okay. just kept putting maybe, him out there. Maybe it was, but I could have sworn I mean, look, it was really early, like the first. No, well, maybe it wasn't. I'll look now. Um, Tell you what. Why don't we uh, – we'll, we'll get to that, and we'll talk about the Blues 4-2 loss versus Winnipeg along with – uh, some new goalie gear for the Winter Classic that our goalies will be wearing. Uh, goaltender controversy, yes or no? Do we have one? And uh, hockey is taking a break, uh, a pause, if you will, and then uh, no NHL players in the Olympics. Got, got a lot to talk about. So, But first, we'll talk uh, with uh, our friends from ID Life. It's safe to say that the burn box from rockinthatidlife.com provides you with the sugar bustingest, muscle buildingest, mood enhancingest, focus inducingest, energy boostingest, experience. You not only get the excellent product, but you get recipes, menu options, a tracker, and program guide to assist you along your self betterment journey. Based on your goals, you can double up on Slim Plus or Energy, or you can get one of each. With flavors such as mixed berry, tropical fruit, and orange, the burn box lets you enjoy the weight loss or muscle gain journey along the way. Become a VIP with rockinthatidlife.com and place your burn box on subscription and you'll save 20%. And as always, text the roughest, toughest He-Man stuffers Tom Bray has ever crossed the Rio Grande. And our friend Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. And all of you skunks clear out of here. And go over to rockinthatidlife.com. All right. Uh, so, first of all, yes. Jay Bomeister uh, played in his first season, first partial season in St. Louis, that lockout year, 14 games. Then his second season, or his first full right. season, first full season, second season, he played in 82 games. Okay. So, and it was his second season. Second full season, third season as a blue, he played in 72 games. Okay. That's what it was then. Okay. So I was right. You were right. Yeah, you're right. God, it feels so good to be right. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a finds his nuts every once in a while. Every now and then, <laughs> I still have trouble sometimes. Keith Price in YouTube chat says that was a really good Ken Wilson impersonation earlier. I guess during the uh, STL Blues history. 
um, do more of it. <laughs> if you want to hear Ken uh, Wilson, you, you, I don't know. you, me, me, you, you, me, me, me. Okay, you, me. Okay, okay, okay. We we do have Ken Wilson uh, at the beginning of some of our podcasts, our audio podcasts. So as an intro, so listen to him there. He was on the show. You can listen to Jeff interview him if you like on a past episode yes. of Let's Go Blues Radio. I tell you what, man, when I had him record the uh, the intro and he said, oh, baby, <laughs> I I just, oh, my God. I, I cried. Like, my heart skipped like eight beats. I was like, I, this is where I die right here. <laughs> that was, you know, that was, I mean, well, because well, Keith, he's my brother, he's in the YouTube chat. He, I mean, that is, we play rod hockey, you know, street hockey, you know, hockey wherever, right? And he was, he was a goalie. And I was a forward and we'd play around, shoot around. And, you know, we're screwing around. If it was rod hockey or on the street, uh, when we score a goal, it was Ken Wilson's call. It was, oh, baby. Yeah, you know, always. every time, every time. So that, that was that was the, uh, I mean, I, I was around before Ken Wilson. I, I was watching those before Ken Wilson. But Ken Wilson was the guy for most of my childhood. So that was, hey, that's, that's you, you mimicked him. He's a kid. You mimic players. You mimic when you're scoring mm -hmm. a goal, you mimic the, the 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 hometown announcer. I'm sure kids nowadays, you know, do the thank you, thank you. I haven't heard Kelly do that in a while. Has he done it in a while? No, he hasn't done that in a long. time. I was going to say it's been years. It's been years, hasn't it? A couple of years, a few years. He says now his bigger thing is he says, um, "Incredible." What does he say? Is incredible something like that? What does he mm -hmm. say? Mm. I'm going to get corrected here. Which please stop, correct me, you two. Why do you stop? Why do you stop? Thank you, thank you. I don't one. like the thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciated that. I I when didn't stop doing it. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just I was just I don't know. It was his thing, you know. Whatever. Uh the uh, Kurt stopped bringing up Jeff's nut on the podcast. Matt Harris said that. Okay, I, I mean, but it's just out there. <laughs> it's always it's out there right now. You just can't see it. It's hard to ignore. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Especially when it rubs up against your leg. <sighs> when, it gets, when mine rubs against your leg, I don't know, I'm just throwing <laughs> stuff out there. Either, either or, you know, whatever. Jesus. Um, <laughs> the Blues lost four to two to Winnipeg the other night. Um, uh, Bennington got the start, his first start back from COVID protocol. Um, you know, I thought Bennington looked really good early in this game, first period. Goaltending's no been issues. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He um, continued the trend of good goaltending that we've been having. He for didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't miss a step. You mentioned the first period. He yeah. came out. I thought if we're going to see a bad period from Bennington in this game, it's going to be the first period. You'd think. And he picked right up where he left off in that yeah. Tampa game, the yeah. game that he, the last game he played. So I was like, okay, and he made some good saves. All right, good. We were shot. It was like twelve to nine, something like that. Something um, like that. I don't have it in front of me. I should <laughs> doing the podcast. I should have those numbers ahead of, uh, in front of me. No, um, we can just make it up. Nobody's going to look it up. Yeah, just yep. by memory. Uh, second period. Uh, so no scoring the first period. Uh, second period. Uh, Nicola Nicola Ehlers scores um, all alone in front after a setup from Mark Schleifley uh, from behind the net. Stasny recorded his 500th career assist in the play. Uh, he played it behind the net. Schleifley. Now Ehlers was all alone because if you watch this play, Preko follows him behind the net and Prunovich. So, so he's, uh, I was going left to right 
you know, and so Pareko follows him. Sorry, Ehlers. Behind the net, and Pareko follows him, and then Prunovic tries to cut him off on the other side. So then they got both goalies on behind the net, behind the and red line. And so all he has to do is center the puck to uh, <laughs> Ehlers. And Ehlers. Yeah, Ehlers. Yeah. Now you got messed up. I was saying Ehlers. What did I say, Ehlers? <laughs> was I saying Ehlers? Ehlers. You were saying Ehlers. I was saying Ehlers. Ehlers, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. That's it's okay. E-H, not I-H. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to rewatch that play right now. Yeah, I and and hey, kudos to to St. Louis and Paul Stastny on uh, getting his 500th assist. That's well, 500 point, 500, 500 point. assist. No, 500 assist. Point, yeah. yeah, assist, assist. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> uh, good quiet career for him. But you know, and and this happens, and when it, when I see it happens and it burns us, it pisses me off because this is like peewee hockey mistakes. Uh, when yeah. both defenders going behind the Ed red line, chasing a guy behind the net. I mean, what yep. are you doing? Yeah, you don't what do are you that. Doing? And, and that leaves, what that does is it leaves your center as the guy that's got to pick up that guy in front. And Barbashev damn near comes back and makes the play. Yeah. But again, that's that's not his play to make. Um, if he comes back and he, he hooks him, he, he pulls him down, that's one of those things where you say, that's a penalty you had to take. But it's because the defenseman, didn't play it right. I mean, I don't. You, here, you can sit here and say it was all Perunovic for being young, but let's face it. I don't think Pareko needs to go behind the net there either. No, I think well, both of them made the right call on that or well, wrong here, call on that. Here's here's the deal with what with, with I mean hindsight being twenty twenty and and breaking this play down after the fact. So Pareko's trailing the guy. He's not he's not hauling ass uh, trying to catch him. He's coasting. So I'm like, if you're not going to actually haul ass to try and actually catch him to disrupt him from going behind the net, cut in front or stop at the side of the net. Stay there. Stay in front. Don't follow him behind. If you're not going to try and catch him and you follow him behind the net, you're taking yourself out of the play completely. Yeah. And completely. then Prunovich goes around the right side, and all of a sudden, boom, two guys behind the net, and then he was wide open. So I said, like, Your fuck. general defensive play there is the guys going behind the net. So what Pareko's – and this is just your generic defensive – coaching Pareko stops and that becomes Perunovic's man when he wraps the net so Pareko stays in front blocks anybody who's coming that way or if he's coming from behind or in front it doesn't matter that the new that the guy with the puck becomes Perunovic's man because he's crossing behind the net um that changes obviously if he cuts back and, and whatever but he doesn't he cuts back he keeps going so that becomes Perunovic's man Perunovic doesn't make the play Pareko, like you said, completely took himself out of the play. So what's that going to do? That's going to leave at least one person wide open. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, Tarasenko scored to make it one to one, tie the game up. Uh, he, this was beautiful. Uh, leaves a drop pass for Barbashev on the far side of the rink uh, in the offensive zone. And then Tarasenko fades near near side, cuts back to the middle and far, and, and then cuts near side, and cuts in front as Barbashev uh, puts a beautiful. Uh, backhand pass, backhand saucer pass, right on mm. Tarasenko's tape. I mean, and, and over the defenseman. That is hard to do, folks. Well, it's hard to do it exactly the way he did it because he had yeah. to loft it over the defenseman's stick and have it land. Which who who is? I thought the defense had pretty good coverage here. Um, he knew where Morrissey Tarasenko was. was the one Morrissey. It was on on 
Tarasenko, the, yeah. Okay, so he was, yeah, he and he knew where Tarasenko was, and he's he's got the middle covered, and he's looking for the pass, and he's looking to block it, knock it down, whatever, and it's saucer passed. So that forces Morrissey to knock it out of midair, which he didn't do, and is right on Tarasenko's tape, and he's got to tap in. Beautiful goal. Yeah, yeah, just, and I mean, awareness from Tarasenko to go to drive the net, um, be right where it needs to be, and uh, Barbashev, He's really stepped his offensive game up. I, I've always thought that he was kind of a hidden gem offensively with him staring your fourth line like the Blues have had the last couple of years. It really makes your fourth line more dynamic out there. But, man, he has really proven he really can play pretty much anywhere in the lineup because of his offensive ability. He He's showing why he was such a highly touted draft pick and why the Blues, I, I, at the time, uh, I'm sure the Blues were considering picking him ahead of Fabry. Um at, at that draft, I think it was 2015, uh, they took Fabry and then a couple picks later took Barbashev. But I'm sure Barbashev was on their radar, and they said, man, we may not get him, and they were a little high on on Fabry. But I'd say at this point, man, I think it's pretty obvious they the, the favor goes to Barbashev. Dude has been fantastic, especially this year. He's really proven he can play anywhere. Uh, Shifley scored to put the Jets up 2-1. to one. Uh, in the second period, uh, Preko, I, you know, Preko has been involved in a couple of these, uh, these goals that uh, were, I mean, were preventable uh, in this game. Uh, he carried the puck behind the net and it's just lazy to me. Uh, lost I mean, it, it. Lost it. It hits the back of the net and loses the puck and uh, turns it over, tries to, tries, tries to clear with the boards because he's got a guy on him now and uh, doesn't get all of it. And it's knocked down. Uh, Pass goes to Schleifel in the slot. Wrist shot beats Bennington. Uh, and Bennington's reaction, you know, he looks to the, he looked to the sky, made it seem like he thought he should have had that too. So a couple of things yeah. there. If, if that's true, he, he should have had it. Um, they never really showed a good angle from behind Schleifel or I, behind the net to see if he could have had it. They never showed that. I think I think there's definitely a possibility, a good possibility that, that that's a save Bennington should have. But at the same time, it is a I mean, a perfect pass to a guy waiting in the slot. It's a terrible turnover. You know, Awful. that's that's a terrible turnover from Pareko. Not very good uh, reactionary coverage by the Blues. Uh, yeah, and Pareko, be aware where you're at. That's what bothers me on that play is it's clear he didn't know where the net was when he took that puck because he got a pass off the faceoff from, I think it was, was it Prunovich? And... It's clear he had no idea where the net was. You know, just you're an NHL player. How do you not know where the net is? He's carrying the puck back in the goal, and, it, and the puck hits and, the back of the net. And it's one thing if you're getting if you're getting pressured, which he wasn't. No, no pressure. But he was after, just carrying it behind the net. After he lost the puck and goes to find it, then he has pressure. Doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then he tried to clear the boards and didn't get anything on it because he was being checked, and then it just turned over. It's, all, it's terrible. It's bad. It's a bad-looking bad play. Bad play. Well, you know what's funny is you, you, you said that how Pareko's on, been on kind of on fire for this episode. Last episode, we talked about he had the greatest game that he had all season. He did. We did. Now we're talking about this game, and he did not look good. No, no. He had a couple of, of goofs in this game, and, and it's kind of been par for the course for him for the season. He's been – He's taking a step back this season, which is disappointing because, you know, as a few years ago, we were we were talking him up like uh, he had all the tools to be a Norris uh, caliber guy, and uh, he is just not taking that next step. Hey, take a step back this season. Uh, ever since, I mean, it, it, and it could be injury related from last season. Who knows? Um, yeah. He might not be the same player anymore, uh, or still dealing with stuff like you know. It took it took Bo Meister forever 
um, to get healthier, right? So, yeah, yep. and because he was bad for a while, like a season and a half. Um, okay, third period, uh, it was two to one Jets. Stasny scores, make a three to one uh, early in the period. This one hurts. Uh, slap shot from the point, got deflected. Uh, Bennington was down and challenging the initial shot, which I thought was great. Uh, puck to, and which and when the puck goes in, I think your what's the word I want to say? Not your uneducated hockey fan. Okay, no, yes, yes, your uneducated hockey fan <laughs> is going to say, "Oh, Bennington sucks. He looked bad on that goal." Yeah, at first glance, if you don't know what you're looking for, it looks like a crappy goal because it's a bad angle shot goes off Bennington and in, right? Okay, so yep. my take on this is slap shot. He's challenging high at the, on in the crease, which he should be doing. Slapshot deflects wide to Stasny, and Bennington's down for the shot. He slides back across. I thought he got over quickly, but Stasny got that shot off so quick, and it was perfectly fucking placed. One timed um, it. It was it was it was it was crazy fast, and it was perfectly placed. And so Bennington slides over, and it goes off him and in. And it's not. It's just a. It's a bad break. It's a bad luck goal against the Blues. Very fortunate break for Winnipeg. The puck went right to Stasny, um, and a really perfectly placed shot. I mean, it's not much. I mean, how are you gonna, how do you defend that if you're a goalie? It's hard to do. Yeah. So um, no, that's that's something I would love to talk to Bill about. It's a shame he's not here to, yeah. to discuss this goal. But um, yeah, I I read that as and and plus like that's Winnipeg knowing their boards too. Right. Um, Paul Stassi knew right where to go. The minute he saw the shot, the way it came off the stick, the way it bounced, I got to go right here and I'll just one time it. And that, I mean, that's what a smart hockey player does. You know, we, you can bitch all you want about Paul Stassi's tenure here. I know he didn't really live up to a lot of people's expectations, but he's a smart player. That's something nobody would ever give him shit about. Very smart player. So he goes right to where he needs to go. One times the puck surprises Bennington, surprises the Blues defense. Let's face it. I mean, the fact that he was able to skate right to the puck and get a shot off and was uncontested. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not even really dogging any of the Blues because that was just such a weird, quick play. But I credit Winnipeg. That, that's a smart play by, by it, Stastny. And just to throw it on the net and know there's a chance when this bounces off, I've just got to throw it at the I, net. See what happens, and that's what he did. I think it's a it's a fluky, fluky play. <laughs> it's yeah. and 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 Winnipeg just executed on a on a fluky play. That's that's all. But you know how you get fluky plays? You, you got to be work. good at hockey. Well, okay. You work. I mean, exactly. I like your. You, I like what you said better. You work to be able to score on those fluky plays. Yeah, I mean, you you do, but uh, yeah, I mean, I. I I think uh, there's something to be said for that, but there's also uh, people kind of use that a lot. And when they shouldn't, uh, it's probably more like a uh, trying to justify the, uh, oh, it's not a fluke. You got to work hard. But yeah, okay, I get it. Um, and then the delay of game penalty on Bennington, which was a first for me. I've never seen this before. So Bennington's mask, what, what, a minute or two before this, his mask strap came free. So he took his mask off, and they blew the play dead, because that's what happens. You, you, if you're if you're if a goalie strap, and your mask strap comes loose, goalie takes it off. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. Be right back. Yeah. So I've never seen this called this way before, because, like I said, a minute or two prior in this game, Bennington had his mask uh, strap come free. So he he took his mask off, which is what goalies do. 
they'll either flip their head down or pull it off and the mask falls in the ice or whatever. And the referee blows the play dead because, oh, okay, broken strap or a strap came loose. You know, the goalie can't effectively tend the goal. The mask is sliding around on his face. So it's dangerous. So they blow the play dead. And so that happened a minute or two before the play I'm going to talk about here. So that happened. They blew the play dead, had a face off, fixed the mask. Okay. <clears throat> a couple minutes later, happens again. The strap comes off again. So he removes his helmet, takes it off, and this time kind of flings it towards the referee in the corner to say, hey, mask strap came free, blow the play dead. He calls a penalty, delay the game on Bennington, which I saw it, and I'm like, what? Did he think that Bennington just ripped his mask off and, and, and threw it without, I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to hear, you can't interview, uh, our officials aren't available for questions in the press conferences after games, and it really should be. It'd be nice. Um, because I'd love to hear the explanation on why this happened, uh, why the official didn't blow the play dead when he saw, or I don't think he even looked at the helmet, the mask. Mask is in the corner. He threw it towards the official so he could see it, and he just called a penalty right away. Didn't even bother to look at the mask to see if it was strap was off, whatever. So penalty is called, weird. I've never seen that before. Goalies literally take the helmets off all the time when a strap comes free. But... Uh, it worked out at first because on the penalty kill, we scored a shorthanded goal. Nico Mikola scored shorthanded to make it three to two Jets. Uh, and this to me, hey, Jeff, <laughs> you're back. Hey, good hey. to see you. It's getting tired of hearing my voice. You know, I, I'm sure I did not listen, but I'm sure you did a wonderful job. Well, you know, a lot of rambling. But uh, <laughs> so but I don't want to get past this without getting your take on the, on the Bennington removing his mask throwing it mm. towards the official, sliding on the ice, and he's saying, hey, strap came free. Your thoughts? Have you seen um, that before? Have sorry. you seen that before? Yes, I have. Actually, I've seen it in one of my games. A which, penalty. You know, okay, okay. A penalty called. Oh, not a penalty. No, 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 no. But a goalie That's doing this. Yes. Oh, I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen the goalie do it all the time. But a penalty because of this. Sorry, ran, running up and down the stairs. Uh, give me a second to catch my breath. Hey, I'm, I'm old. Hey, give, hey, give me I a don't break like, here. hey. Jack Buck told me never name drop, but he said, <laughs> never run to a microphone. Yeah, that's, you know what? That is 100% true. Uh-huh. You never quick, run to a microphone. Quick, quick little story. Because you can't One talk of when the you first get there anyway. times we ever, we ever podcasted, I remember we were rushing, uh, rushing in, inside the studio we were in at uh, SIUE. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to the bathroom. And we were like, you, you and Jeff were both like, okay, we're ready. And I'm like, eh give me a minute. I got to go to the bathroom. And you're like, show me where it was. And then I ran back to the, and then I'm like, okay, let's go. And you even said, you go, Jeff, why don't you catch your breath for a minute? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's a good call. <laughs> um, anyway, no. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a play that, that, and listen, I, I, it's hard for me to, I see both sides. Uh, let's just say it that way, because I I I, I agree I hear, more I on the side. I want to hear this other side. I I agree on more on the side of Bennington and with you that my helmet's fucking broke, dude. Like you got to call the play, but you also, as a referee, you don't want players just throwing their helmets off with the new rules in place, you know, and especially with the goalie rule. That's always that's been a rule as long as, well, they've always done that at least twenty five years. Uh, yeah. I've I've never seen an official blow a play dead while a goalie still had his mask on. 
I've all it's always been they'll fling their head forward and it comes off and it hits the ice. I think it was the way he did it, and let's face it, we know Biddington's a fiery matter. guy. That shouldn't matter I, at all. No, I agree. I agree. Right. I'm right. I'm just saying that I think the way that he did it, and we all know the way Biddington can be, he was all right, fuck this. I'm just gonna rip this off and I'm gonna yell at the ref. If he just would have started doing this and then it just came off, I don't think they call a penalty. You know how much but of I think asshole? the way he handled it. But again, uh, I I do, think I think what he did was fine. But yeah, I can see why a referee is getting it, irritated. If that's why he did it, which could be, uh, you, as a referee, you got to be a special kind of an asshole to say no, no, no. You can take your mask off, but it's the way you took it off. I'm giving you a yeah, penalty. Yeah, no, I agree. What a 100%. fucking prick! If if that's what the case was, and it could have been because he took it off and slid it, and you know what? He didn't. The referee didn't even hesitate. As soon as he slid it on the ice towards him, he called a penalty. Didn't even look at the at the mask. Not at all. Uh, yeah. What what? You know, if it's if I'm an official, uh, and a, a a good official should be like, what just happened? Why'd you do that? Both my dead. What happened? Okay, the mask, the strap's free. The strap came loose. Okay, I got it. Fine. We'll blow my dead, and we'll have a face off. But no, he calls a penalty. And doesn't even look at the mask. He knows yeah. goddamn well. Oh yeah, what he instantly was like penalty, 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 penalty. He didn't even look at the mask. And so yep. I, at first I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, okay, he doesn't realize the strap's off. But and the more I thought about it, no, he knows goddamn well what happened. The strap's free. And if he wasn't sure or didn't think the strap was free, he should have checked the mask first before calling a penalty. If he checks the yeah. mask and the and the straps are still attached, then it's a penalty all day long. I get it. I also think I also think this is where we need to start seeing referees and linesmen conferring more and actually not in because you know now if they do it, it's well, whatever you saw, buddy, go ahead. You called the penalty. Go ahead. That's the bullshit that needs to stop. It needs to be, hey guys, I want to call a penalty on the goalie for ripping his mask off. What did you guys see? Uh, well, we saw him, uh, we saw the strap break loose. Maybe a linesman saw it. Maybe the other referee saw it and confer. His strap came loose. He had every right to throw his helmet yeah. off. Okay, no penalty. But, like, we don't see that. That's not a thing. And if it is, again, it's the, well, you want to call a penalty. We're not going to refute that. We got to get out of that mindset. We got to see our officials get out of that mindset because it's it's not right. We have to just get the calls right. That needs to be what the basis of everything is, not I don't want to undermine my coworker. It needs to be, let's get this right before we end up calling this guy for a penalty. Goalies have to remove their helmets, their masks. They have to. It's to, to make the official be aware of the strap issue. You, you, you never see an official blow the play dead unless the goalie comes out with his hands in the air and just leaves the goal. You know, then... You always see him throw the helmet off. Remember that time that that uh, Jake Allen, his helmet, his mask, uh, there was an issue with the strap, and he threw it off, and they didn't blow play, blow play dead with his mask off, and he tries to yeah. make a save. He came out to make a save, yeah. and they show Brodeur up up in the in the press box. He's like going hands on his head, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and everyone helmet. in the arena is doing that, you know, yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, what if he takes a puck to the teeth? How bad does that look? Or or eye or anything, a head. I mean, God, it's not like it used to be where it's yeah. the, most pucks are low. I mean, these things whiz by your head. Jesus. I mean, I 
you know, and that's just that's just poor officiating again to to not recognize that the goalie had his helmet off and he's yelling at the official. I just I don't know. I, to me, I mean, with the whole you know the the the, the officiating has gotten uh, is a lot of bad PR around officiating, and rightfully so because of uh you know. I'm looking. I, I want to get a call against so and so that game, right? Uh, where he's wanting to get a call no matter what, um, makeup calls, all this BS, um, and then to do this nonsense where he's just calling a penalty because of the way he took his helmet off. Fuck you! Come on, I it's. Agree. I, I, I agree. mean, stupid. Ken Ken Morris agrees there should have been no penalty against Bennington, um, and I think and I even saw Jets fans on uh, social media after the game. I was. Uh, seeing them post like that shit about a penalty on Bennington. I mean, even people who hate Bennington were saying that shit about a penalty. The dude's helmet was broke. It shouldn't. I mean, it shouldn't matter if you hate him or not. It's just a, it's just a rule. You know, it's something they well, do. Well, we all know how people are on social media. Yeah, I know. I know. Nothing Bennington do can do is ever good enough. Um, yep. And when other goalies do the exact same thing, it's okay. Uh, but but you know what? This penalty was a bit of a blessing, was it not? I was I was getting into that when you came back. Yeah. Mikola scored a shorthanded goal for the Blues on a really nice. This is a this is a kind of an NHL '94 or roller hockey kind of goal. You, you, you know, your winger beats a guy on the boards and gets a step on him, and then comes down on a two on one, and it's a simple, easy as pie, uh, two on one backdoor pass tap in goal. Right? It's just you know, video game stuff. It's a uh, roller hockey stuff. It's typical stuff. Beautiful though execution. Mikola pinches. Uh, reads the play beautifully, jumps into the play, gets the two-on-one with uh, Bushnevich, who did the legwork here. Uh, awesome. Um, and Helvick never even and, moved. And, he was, he, he, and he I'll, never I'll, moved. I'll add before this goal, um, we like to complain about Marco Scandella as a whipping boy. Both Bennington and Scandella made great plays on the kill. That They didn't directly lead to this goal, but they stopped the Jets from scoring. Uh, I think it was Kyle Connor had a real nice shot. Bennington saved. Puck gets thrown back in front, and Scandell was right where he needed to be, and he's able to push it out to the far board. So um, without those plays, this doesn't happen. But I'll say before this, too, Buchnevich gets the puck on the boards, and he slides it up to Ivan Barbashev, who's you know kind of out in a neutral zone, red line area. And he reads that Buchnevich is coming to a speed. Talking about Barbashev again. He knows, okay, I can just take it and dump it, or I can just slide it right back to Buchnevich, who's coming up the wing here. And he turns and slides it right back to Buchnevich, and that creates the, well, it's basically a two-on-two, but Buchnevich's speed turns it into a two-on-one. Right. Just a really good play. And then Mikola to be right there. And we talk about how hard it is to one-time against the body that way, and he, no problem. He was able to just tap that in. No issue. I mean, just a, a great play all around by the Blues. So trailing 3-1 to one when this penalty started uh, and then getting the shorthanded goal, it's exactly what they needed because there was, it was getting late in the game. There was like six minutes to go, right? Six and a half, whatever, in the, in the, in the penalty, when the, when the penalty happened. And so you're down by two, and you get the shorty, and you're like, oh, yes, kill this off. And then we've got, you know, five minutes or so or four and a half, whatever it is, to – uh, get one more. And of course, it was like 16 seconds later, the uh, Stasny scores uh, to put the Jets up four to two. Um, really hurt. Still on the power play. 
from the Lady that, that was Blues fans in a microcosm before the Stanley Cup, right? Jesus, yeah. Give us hope, no and kidding. Just take it right away. It's like, it reminds me of every game we played against Detroit in the late nineties. It's just yeah. like you get within one, and they just just stomp on you late. Just, you know, they give you hope, yep. and then just take it away. Um, I I have to mention this real quick because this is this might be you know what I am going to call this right now. Kurt, you may not agree, but I don't care. Comment of twenty twenty one. 2021 folks that's every I, know, show. I, I know what you're gonna say i love this this is a 100 exactly what i was saying matt harris <laughs> in the youtube chat if the officials don't hold each other accountable why are there multiple on the ice at that point just have one on a really tall chair like in tennis 100 <laughs> percent agree with you that well, I- if they aren't going to confer and make sure the calls don't get called right, if guys are seeing stuff that they're not telling the offic- the other officials before he makes the call, here's, what's the point of having all these refs out there, all these uh, officials out there? Here's the, de- here's the deal, though. Excellent point, Matt. Here, here's the deal, though. The official made the call was right by Bennington, right? So he has priority. He's going to overrule the other ref- official anyway because he has precedence in that area. That's his jurisdiction. If you will, I, you know what I mean. And, and I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because I agree, but the other officials out to do towards the blue with. line, right? Yeah. So that's. I mean, I get it. I mean, the other officials should be like, should go to him and say, "Dude, what the hell? You know, look at the helmet. His, his straps broke, or came off. Don't call it. Why are you calling this? That that's what should have happened. But you know, that's never going to happen. That's not going to happen in any no. sport. No, no, no. And, although it should, although I do like the high chair idea, <laughs> the the official, yeah, the referee in the sky. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you uh, you can select fans from the game to go up there and sit with them. And, yeah. You know what I didn't a, like a promotion. Real quick about the about the mask thing. Uh, after the game, uh, Ruby said, "Well, you can't take a mask off during play." I'm like, "What? That that's never been a thing." I mean, well, yeah, he, unless the strap's off. I, I, I mean, I understand he's not allowed to criticize the officials or whatever, but I think he should have said a little more than that. I mean, he he could have said, well, the strap was broken on the helmet. I'm not, I'm not sure what, you know, Bennington's supposed to do. That's just him instantly reacting to a question and not wanting to get a fine, I think. Oh, I but I agree. Back up your player. You got to back him up there. And, and at, at the very Especially least, Especially when he's like right. Said, just kind of transparently be like, eh, you know, I don't know what really happened. That's fine. <laughs> Just do that. Um, so, yeah, 16 seconds after the Blues shorthanded goal, Stasny scores on the power play still. Uh, both defensemen, um, Bertuzzo and Scandella, killing this penalty. Chase, the Jets player, behind the net, killing the penalty again. Um, Stasny camps in the slot, kind of slid out there. Once, once both defensemen went behind the net, you saw Stasny slide out to the slot, and I'm like, you know, here it comes, because we're chasing, and we got both defensemen behind the net. I don't, I sloppy. Yeah, I, oh, it's I, real sloppy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it's just sloppy. I that is that is again defense 101. You don't have both defensemen behind the net. You don't have both of them chasing the puck, and that was both. And you know, yeah, we bitch about Scandella. He knows better. Bortuzzo, who. Uh, maybe Bortuzzo's a little more on the right because he was following the guy that, that went behind the net. But still, 
read that your other defenseman's coming back there too. You know, I mean, it's, it's communication that just left that le- that leaves uh, Bozak and, and I'm not sure who the other player was. Maybe uh, I can't remember Sod. Maybe what are you doing? You're leaving them to cover four guys. Basically, that's just that's bad. Just terrible defense. It's it's communication. It's I mean when when one defenseman goes into the corner, the other defenseman shifts over, kind of covers the middle, you know, of the ice. And if that and, and if play shifts to the other corner, then that defenseman that was in the middle of the uh, in the slot, say, then he shifts over to the corner to play that, and the other defenseman goes in the slot. You, sh- you kind of shift back and forth. You never want to have both defensemen behind the end red line, and that happened a couple times this game, and it burned us. I mean, it probably happened more than that, but it burned us twice. So. Yeah. And uh, what was what was the final score? A win by the Jets by two goals. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's f- what's frustrating is because this stuff is is high, is defense one on one. It's it's stuff you're taught as a kid. You know, communicate with a defensive partner, and when the puck's over here, this is where you should be. When the puck's over there, this is where you should be. You, you're gonna shift back and forth. Don't go. You both shouldn't be in the same corner. You both shouldn't be behind the net, ever. Um, and if you ever there, you better damn well make sure that someone's covering for you in front properly. And that's something with, with this break coming up, uh, well coming up, it's in the midst of it right now. Um, that's something Sean Farrell, I'm sure has pointed out to Mike Van Ryn and Craig Berube multiple times. He said, uh, Sean Farrell, the blues video coach, I'm sure he has pointed out, look at this twice in the same game. We had two guys behind the net going after one guy and it led to a goal. I mean, that yeah. can't happen in the NHL. And listen, the Blues have played great lately. I don't want to completely trash them. Uh, you know, you're not going to win every damn game and Winnipeg plays a great game. I get it. Uh they're playing really well since uh, Paul Maurice left. But Well, that, that was his first win. I mean, oh, was that their first win? The first win with the new coach, yeah. Yeah. Uh Dave Lowry. The Dave coach, Lowry, right? Yeah. Yeah, former blue coach and his son. Yep. Yep. Some um, people wanted. Some people thought Dave Lowry was a candidate for coach of the Blues when uh, uh, Mike Hill was fired. Yeah. Or wanted Lowry as a candidate as coach. I'll say that. At that point, if Mike Yeo is a head coach, I would have taken anybody after him. <laughs> so <laughs> they could have called Bill Day, and I would have been like, "Hell yes, give me Bill Day all day." Uh, no, that. Uh, they they play a good good strong game. Uh, they've underperformed, I think, a little bit this season. But uh, so I don't want to trash the Blues. But again, with this long break here, you're looking at the last game. That is something to point out from Sean Farrell. This can't happen. We can't allow this. And they know that. I mean, they're, they're not they're not stupid. They know this. They know what their responsibilities are on the ice. This they know that. But it's just you get you get sucked into plays and stuff, and you just can't let that happen. And it yeah. you know it burned us. And and that's been part of the problem this season with our defense. It's I mean it's we've had I mean the defense has looked better recently, um, but it kind of let that that leads me into a question I want to ask you, Kurt. I don't want to take anything away from Charlie Lindgren. Dude has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly what the Blues needed to step in. We'll talk in a little bit about possible goalie controversy, which whatever we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but. Um, I really feel like for whatever reason, since Billy Huso went down, we have since seen mostly great defense from the mm-hmm. blues. They've allowed less shots. They've allowed less high danger chances. Check the analytics. I'm telling you they're there since Bennington. It's it's 
uh, went since, on COVID. Since Huso went down. Well, they were good with Huso. Huso was. Fantastic. I don't know. Huso faced like 50 shots his first uh, game. Yeah. But I'm, okay. I don't think they played that well in front of Huso either. Right. So I, I, maybe you would disagree, but I'm just saying since Huso went down, I think they have played much better. They played better with Gillies. They played better well, with Lindgren. And I think part of that is, boys, we got to step up. We don't have either of our NHL goalies in. And, and again, nothing against Lindgren or Gillies. I think it's just a mindset thing. It's a, okay, guys, we really got to step our game up. And then when Bennington comes back, and again, this is completely, uh, this is not intentional. It is just, it's just the way the minds work in hockey. Bennington comes back, the guy that won a Stanley Cup, your number one goalie, and it's, okay, guys, we got Binner back there, you know? And and even after Lindgren goes 5-0, and 4-0 in games he started. Um, I think even, I really think the Blues look at that and say, we've got our guy back there now, you know, again, not intentionally, not at the front of their head. We can relax a little bit. And and I think that's something. Do you think there's anything to that? I think that you, as a, as a, as a defense, um, then the way you play in front of a goalie, and it's not, it's probably not unlike what happened in 2019 when Benning came up, and the team's like, okay, you know, we've got uh, a guy back here who is not our regular guy. Um, and we need to play fundamentally sound hockey in front of him. So, you know, I, and and I'm sure that comes into play. And I can I can see, I guess, where if your starter comes back in, you might have more confidence in him uh, to and you and your play might get lax, which is terrible to say. Because, you know, I mean, any any motivation that you have to play should be in your salary if you don't have any, any other motivation at all. I mean, it should be Agreed. winning games, playing well, because it's fucking fun to win games, right? Nobody likes to lose. And you're getting paid very well to play a game. So play hard and play it right. I, I don't know, you know, any player that's not motivated when they're making a million, two million, three million, whatever, five million, is like, get the fuck out of here. You're not motivated. If, if, I, if you can't be motivated to be financially sound for the rest of your life uh, to play a game, for God's sakes, that you love to play growing up and it's a, it's a black, that people would kill, you know, to play uh, for free uh, and you're playing for millions. Come on. So um, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's just natural thing where you're obviously, uh, you're, you're, you think you have to protect your goalie more. Um, but even then, Lindgren was coming up with some fantastic saves. I mean, he's yeah, he not, was. I mean, high danger stuff. There was a number of chances. He made some great saves. So it's not like he was having easy an easy go of it where they were they were boxing everybody out and they were keeping shots to the outside. He made some great saves. I mean, in every game. Yeah. So I mean, kudos, yeah. like you said, I'm not taking stuff away from him because he did play very well. But I think I think that and I'm that, sure when they come back from break, he's going to play very well. But I will say, and again. Not saying anything bad about Lindgren. I, I'm a, as big a fan of his as everybody else. But um, it, I, I have always said, and I, I swear, you can ask my teammates, I've always said this, because whenever you, because you've been in this situation, I'm sure, where like your goalie doesn't show last minute, he says, hey, I can't make it. So you have to have another guy dress out. Oh, you know, yeah. One of your defensemen dresses out. Or you get a guy who's 
Like, hey, I've never played goalie before, but if the reek has pads, <laughs> I'll wear them. You're, you know, and yeah. it's like, okay. And and like, so you just do it. I always say the best way to coach a defense is to have a bad goalie back. Oh, in, yeah. Behind them. And that <laughs> will teach them. I have to block shots. We have to control oh, yeah. the puck. We can't make dumb passes in front of the net. You learn that very quickly when you have a bad goalie in front of you. And again, I am not calling Charlie Gillingorn a bad goalie. I'm saying in in NHL terms, it's this guy has been playing in the AHL this season, and we have to come up big and help him out and do what we can to play our best. And I really think that there was a part of that with Lindgren coming up and playing. I think we're saying the same thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, the Blues ended up uh, pulling Bennington with about three minutes to go. Uh, nothing doing. Uh, game over. Jets won four to two. Jets outshot the Blues thirty four to twenty eight, including eleven to eight in the third period. Um, you'd like to see more than eight shots in the uh, third period when you're trailing. Over <laughs> um, three in the power play, which hurt because the Blues power play has been great this year. They've relied on it, especially during their recent run of good play. They've done very well in the power play. It's helped them win games, along with great goaltending. Uh, and everybody knows you need special teams, and we didn't have it uh, this game. We allowed a power play goal. We did score a shorty, uh, but went over three in the power play. So uh, had some chances, but couldn't get it done. Not the best game. Again, we talked about it defensively. I, I think so. they played fine. I'm not going to okay. say they played well. I think they played fine. Mm-hmm. If if it's one of those games where Bennington steals you a game, you say, well, the Blues played okay. They didn't really maybe deserve the win, but they played okay. I I actually really enjoyed this game. I love Blues-Jets. I think that's always a fun game to watch. Uh, it's usually high tempo. There's usually a lot of hits. Um, you know, Jets play a big game. So I actually loved watching this game. It, it, it was fun. Uh, and to have Bennington back was great. Um you know, in, in a Sunday afternoon game, which is odd, uh, especially at this time of year. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I, I loved it. I had a great time watching the game. It's just Blues didn't come up big when you expected them to. And, uh, you know, again, they've had some big games lately. They're not going to win every game. You just kind of hope they showed up a little bit more against the Central Division team. But, unfortunately, that's just the way it went. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, but when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the um... – New goalie gear for Bennington and Huso, along with uh, any goaltending controversy we may or may not have. And the NHL uh, is on pause and some Olympic hockey news as well. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout their lime sherbet sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery, let's go Blues! Please drink responsibly. Uh, the Blues have released, uh, well, announced, uh, they showed some goalie equipment that uh, for the Winter Classic that Bennington and Huso will be wearing. Uh, killer mask 
I think, by Bennington, uh, paying tribute to Glenn Hall and Michael Ute, uh, sketched like a, with almost looks like it's in blue colored pencil. Um, I love the sketch look uh, on this mask. Uh, just do, a, do we know who did this? Um, is it is a signature on the mask? I don't see it. No, I don't. I don't, was, I don't see it. I don't think it was said either. It's on there somewhere. I'm sure it's on the back, maybe the, maybe the skull plate. But it's it's sweet. It's it's an, it's nice. I love the the style of the blue note, the 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 painting style, almost like watercolor, or uh, uh, maybe oil uh, look. Sweet and and airbrush and not airbrush, uh, pencil. So it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, and I so I think Bennington looks pretty good. Uh, Huso is going with the same mask that he's been going with, but he's got that is the same mask, right? I think so. Uh, but he's got uh, like dark brown pads. I love them. What, you what, like them. Do they remind you of anything? You know what he called them? Coffee, coffee, coffee with cream. With cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, when I see this, you know what I think of? What? The old, which I have a pair, and I'm very lucky to have, the old street hockey Milek pads. Those the old, like really <clears throat> long boxy ones that. Did you have uh, black ones? Basically, you're supposed to. Yeah, they're black. Yeah. Okay. And they're so, they're supposed they're to white... like go up to. They're yeah. supposed to basically go up to your stomach. Because uh, they're supposed to be really long, and that way you don't have to wear goalie pants when you're outside. That's what those remind me of, um, and I love them. I, I think that is a beautiful look. It it looks a little odd with the Blues wearing white jerseys, but I'm okay. all for it. I think I think anything you can do differently in the Winter Classic, just fucking do it, and that's cool. With okay, <clears throat> I on their own. I I think I think I like these, but with this jersey and that helmet, I don't like it at all. I, I think I don't think it looks good together with their Winter Classic jersey. Um, I love all black pads, you know, all solid color pads are cool. All white, I like them. That's cool. Um, I think color choice. I think uh, your classic tan leather um, looking pads, like the old school kind. I think that would have looked better with this jersey. Probably. Yeah. Um, like, better, uh, didn't, uh, in, in the last stars one, um, was it Bishop that played in that or was it Kidobin? Did he? Yeah. One, one of them. them had the, the tan color yeah. pads. Yeah. And I think that would have looked right here. Yeah. I, 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 I think that would have looked better with the Jersey. Um, I think it looks odd with this Jersey and his helmet. Um, but uh, with another, a different style Jersey and whatnot, they could look cool. Um, but I don't hate the pads and, and blocker and glove themselves. I just don't, they look good with this Jersey, but. I love Bennington's. Big setup. fan of big, yeah, big fan of Bennington's yep. mask. I know I posted these pictures into our chat we have, and uh, Bill was all about it because you know obviously big Mike Leute fan. Yeah, but great callback, and like you said, the 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 sketching, the the way that it's drawn, yeah, it literally looks like a kid took his mask and took a marker and just drew. And I, I mean, obviously a, a really talented kid. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> Um, it, it's really cool looking and I love it. And they're going to feature it a bunch, I'm sure, uh, on January 1st, which they should. And, uh, hopefully they give whoever the designer is credit. Cause this, this is beautiful. Uh, do we have a goaltending controversy? Cause Benton is back. Lindgren has a five and a record nine, five, eight save percentage to 1.22 goals against average. Uh, Huso is skating and when he returns, what happens? Um, it, uh, now with the, with the said, I don't think many people know this. If Lindgren plays 10 games, 
he will have to pass through waivers when he's sent down. So he's played uh, five games. So I don't think he's in a, he's played six, five games. Well, anyway. if he's, if he, if he plays five more, four or five more, which I don't with Bennington here, he shouldn't have to do that. I wouldn't think. Um, but anyway, so do we have a controversy? Pending, okay. First of all, do we have a goalie controversy? No. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying with fans. Yes, of course, there's always controversy, but with the team itself, not taking fan consideration into challenge, do we have a goalie controversy? No. Whoso is skating and when he returns, what happens? Lindgren gets sent down. There's your answers. <laughs> right. I mean, I I hate to say it, fans. I get it. Lindgren has been great. Um, and I and what I said last week, I think, is still true. If you can maybe, you know, if you can't get something worked out with Huso, you say, hey man, listen, we got Charlie Lindgren. He's five and oh with this team. We could put him as our backup. We're fine without you, you know? And and I think that's the same case if there's contract negotiations with Lindgren. Hey, we've got Bennington. We've got Huso. We're fine. I don't think there's honestly, Bennington is number one. Let's just nip that in the bud, right? I mean, he's number one. I think unless there's another injury or a, another just a Jake Allen type blow up in January, um, I think. We've seen the last of Charlie Lindgren with this break. I think yeah. when we come back, we're going to see Bennington and Huso. It's going to be Bennington's crease with Huso backing up. And again, pending injury, pending, pending a, a mental breakdown by one of these guys. We're yeah. done seeing Charlie Lindgren for the rest of this year. Yeah, it's, it's an easy decision. <laughs> Send Lindgren down. <laughs> yeah. And there is. And if Lindgren plays 10 games. I know I mentioned it last week that maybe you roll like you know do you roll three goalies? I think the answer is always no on that. No, no, no. But if no, he no. does play in ten games, which uh, again you, you, there'd have to be another injury or I guess COVID again, maybe. But if that happens, I just don't. Uh, I, I think maybe you try to see them move him in a trade, and if they can't, then they say, okay, well we're just gonna have to put you through waivers. And if they yeah. lose him, they lose him. That's that's exactly. <clears throat> that you're a right thinking kind of guy, Jeff, because that's exactly the way it is going to be. Um, I, it's so, I mean, Lindgren plays three or four games and all of a sudden people want to, you know, trade Huso or, you know, when Huso was playing well, it's, uh, you know, make him the starter. You know, it's like, what are you guys doing? I, and it, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know why I'm surprised uh, because this happens no. all the time. Bad goaltending takes all the time. Just, and I assume it's this way in every city with the local sports talk. Just terrible goaltending takes. Don't, just don't. It's we have a number one. We have a goalie tandem. It's Bennington Huso. Barring injury, nothing's going to change that. Um, or unless Huso completely shit. I just falls got off the table. You know what? I'm just, I'm I'm sorry. I have to share some excellent news because it's the holiday season. My student loan payments have been pushed back until May 1st. <laughs> Hell yes. I just found that out. Woohoo. <laughs> and I haven't had a student loan payment in, dang, that's been a long time. I graduated college man. in 97 and I probably had it paid off. Yeah, well, I, I graduated in 2011. Well, I only had about uh, seven grand to pay back too. So, okay. Well, I've got a lot more than that. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say too, I think, 
if there's anything, if, if Blues fans are like, what has this done to the Blues goaltending situation, to the coaches, to the GM, all that it's done is maybe say, we can rely on Charlie Lindgren if we need to. So if we can include Huso in a package to bring something else in, that's fine. We'll just call Charlie back up and we're fine in goal. If anything, that's all it's done. Uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Hockey is taking an early Christmas break. The NHL paused its season on Wednesday today. Two days before its planned Christmas break, all NHL team facilities will be closed from Wednesday through Saturday as the league tries to weather several COVID-19 outbreaks. Players are set to report back to team facilities on Sunday and resume daily testing. The NHL schedule is set to resume on December 27th, which is a Monday. Is that Monday? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This uh, came after Monday night when 11 teams, including the Blues, suspended operations and the league postponed all games through Christmas that involved cross-border travel between Canada and the U.S. More than 15% of the league's players were in virus protocols as of Monday night, including games affected by the new pause. 50 games have been suspended so far. NHL felt this outbreak gives them significant cause to exercise its, op, its opt-out clause for player participation in the Beijing Olympics. So games are set to resume on Monday. Um, so obviously this means the the Blues or the NHL is not participating in the Olympics. They're going right. to take that two-week span, I'm sure, to play some of these postponed games. Um, you know, I'm a guy, and, and I, I'm pretty sure this whole panel is, including Bill, we love NHL players in the Olympics, right? Sure. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, this Absolutely. is a situation where I 100% agree. Like this year, it just, and it's unfortunate. I, I saw a tweet, uh, I think it was earlier today, that said, Are we really going to see Sidney Crosby only play in two Olympics? And it's like, Yeah, we are, uh, unfortunately. And, and I know, and I'm going to say four years ago, that was the NHL just being the NHL. This time, I'm all for it. You know what? Um, How many games did Mike Bossy play in? How many Olympics did uh, Bobby Orr yeah, play in? None. That's true. So come on. Come that's on. That's true. I mean, how many? Wayne Gretzky only played in two, I think. Yeah. I mean, so um, it's not. And that was at the end of his career. So, uh, no, I, uh, I'm i all for it. I think with the, the, the craziness that's been this season, that's been the past two years now, I think you just have to roll the dice and just say, sorry, we can't do it. Um, we're going to play these two weeks, uh, this two week break. We're going to use that to reschedule these games. And um, uh, it's the right call, unfortunately. And, and it's not just, I mean, think about the, the, the policy in China right now with players uh, who test positive, they're going to have to miss if, if let's say they go to the Olympics last day, they test positive. They're going to miss what three weeks of their team's games. Yeah, it's a it's it's it, that's a huge risk. You have a hard time playoff push. You have a hard time getting back. Yeah. So should so and uh, there's been a lot of talk um, from some players, um, from fans, about should the NHL adjust its protocol measures. So some players are speaking out as being frustrated with the some of the protocols. Um, the NFL and NFLPA negotiated changes to their COVID nineteen protocols. That included the end of weekly testing for asymptomatic vaccinated players in favor of strategic and targeted testing. In addition, players can volunteer to be tested and will be provided home test kits. 
If a fully vaccinated player reports feeling symptoms, he must isolate immediately and will be will not be permitted to interact with the team until producing a negative test. Early reports on the Omicron variant seem to have it being less serious than other variants, uh, but much more transmissible. We've only known about Omicron for a month or so now, and it's already at 70% of the known cases. So, um, yeah, you know, um, and, and for those that have not paid attention, the first U.S. case that I saw, I think that they even reported, was only like three and a half, four weeks ago. And now we're at like 70% of the cases being reported. I mean, it's it, crazy it, fast. it is it's crazy how quickly it's spreading <clears throat> which okay so, which might be uh, i mean okay if it's not severe at all which is what they're saying it can be severe but it's the, the, the it's, it's more rare than to, to have that so maybe that's a good thing in that maybe it's more transmiss transmissible so maybe more people will get this and it won't be anything for you know even more people than it was with delta and the other one and the, other, and the original one was but so maybe this is kind of like a vaccine in a way for people who either aren't vaccinated or are vaccinated and will get it and then have that much more protection in the future. You know, you get like a, a really dulled down version. that's not harmful to hardly anybody. And then maybe that helps in a way. So maybe in a month, maybe it would be you know, a month or six weeks, I think eight weeks, I think they said eight weeks. Uh, somebody said that this was, if I'm, if Omicron keeps going uh, in eight weeks, um, maybe we'll see things a lot differently as far as like uh, uh, less protocols and things like that around the world. We'll see. Um, it's expected the NHL will allow their current protocols to play out for a bit after the Christmas pause with an evaluation of their impact no later than January 7th. So look for the NHL to possibly adjust their protocols then if they're going to adjust them at all. Um, in the end, though, the players and these leagues are still bound by the rules of the states and provinces and count and countries that they work in. I think people forget about that uh, sometimes. So some of this isn't on the NHL. Uh, infectious disease expert uh, Isaac Bogach was interviewed by ESPN about this, and he said, I completely appreciate the frustration and agree that we will get to a point where we just test symptomatic players in the near future. It's just not where we are, where we're at today. This is not in a vacuum. There are still rules and guidances for those, or for these states, provinces, and countries. So and I think it needs to be said too that the NHL is not doing this like on a whim. Uh, they are consulting infectious disease experts uh, to figure out the best course of action for them. And, and this guy, uh, Isaac Bogach, Bogach, um, is on board with testing frequently to identify cases. So, and that's probably where the NFL is going to stay. I do think that eventually we'll get to the point where COVID is treated like the flu, a common cold. Okay. Guys got the flu, stay away from the team. <laughs> let us know when you're better. You know, I think of, and, and I'm saying maybe even, maybe that's even 20, 25 years in the future. Eventually we're going to get to that point. Um, but right now, dude, people forget this pandemic, at least in the U S and Canada just started last year. This is still very early in the process. Like that guy said. So yeah, I'm as frustrating as it is. And as, as much as like my heart wants to say, the guy's asymptomatic. Just let him play. 
that's not okay. You can't do that. Or to stop, as or to stop testing. That's like, or yeah, just to stop testing uh, altogether and say, well, if you're not feeling well, you can't show up. You know, no, it's not okay to do that. We have to, again, they're not just looking out for the players, looking out for the players, families, the people in the arenas. Um, It's just the way to go. Yeah, I I agree. And and they're listening to the medical experts advice. And no offense to a lot of fans out there. I'm sure some of them are very smart in their own particular fields. But, um, you know, unless you're an infectious disease expert um, and, you know, they, you may very well have uh, been with most of the country who is complaining about stuff like this and uh, struggled to pass high school science. So I don't think uh, <laughs> maybe you folks should be listening to the experts a little more than you maybe are. Uh, the Olympics uh, we just touched on earlier are uh, the NHL players are not being sent. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, the NHL and NHLPA came to an agreement that the NHL players would not be going to the uh, 2022 Olympics. Uh, Bettman was not a huge fan of sending players over there anyway, um, but he was going to let them go, assuming there were no issues with COVID, um, and that happened. So there are 50 total postponements. Uh, Sources say the league views that as a material impact. The league will now need the three-week Olympic break or part of it to make up those games, which which they won't be able to do in those three weeks. due to arenas being booked for their events and things like that. So they'll have to figure that out. They'll probably get a chunk of games made up, sprinkling a couple if they can here and there, maybe a home and a home series against a team to make up a game uh, or maybe the end of the season. So we'll, we'll see. Well, and and let's out. face too, like we we've you, I, I remember you agreeing with me on this, that if you need to push the playoffs back, sure. if you need to push next season back, whatever you need to do, it's been pretty clear that nowadays you can play hockey in July anywhere. You can make it happen. Well, so, I mean, shit, in the 90s, they played a, a outdoor game in Vegas in September. I mean, that's that just shows you. You can make it work. So, the NHL had, is always so dead set. They had set. grasshopper problems. <laughs> yeah, right. They had grasshoppers yeah, all over the place. I remember that. Um, <laughs> no, they... I, the NHL is so dead set on, well, we have to have the draft by this time. We have to have free agencies July yeah. 1st. They've always been that way. And and lately that we've seen them kind of push back a little bit on that. But I know they want to get back to that. But we're just, again, we're not at that point yet. So I think yeah. the NHL just needs to say, okay, guys, uh, playoffs are going to start late April or early May because we're going to have to make some of these games up at the end of the season. Uh, maybe we don't award the cup until mid-July, you know, like you just need to concede on some of this stuff. You know, maybe the draft isn't held until August 1st, you know, whatever you need to do to make it work. One veteran player who is likely going to make the roster for team USA said it's a huge letdown because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for so many guys. You don't know if you'll get that chance again. Obviously we get it. And this uh, was always a possibility. It just sucks because we were so close. Um, the Olympic roster is going to be filled with amateur players and professionals playing in leagues outside the NHL. The NHL did not. Did you se- see the big name for Team USA that'll probably be playing? I, I, you know, I had the roster. I was going to pull it up, and I didn't uh, look at the names. What's up, Who? Mr. Bobby Ryan? Is that right? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I can smell the gold right now. That's right. <laughs> um. The uh, NHL players did not send the NHL did not send players to the 2018 Olympics, ending a run of five consecutive Olympics. However, the good news for NHL players is that the most recent CBA 
They also negotiated for participation in the 2026 Olympics, which will be held in Italy. So the player, NHL players are supposed to go in 2026. So there's that. That seems likely. I think we'll I would see that. Not. Well, you never know, right? Do you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you could have yeah, COVID-27 spreading by that I point. I mean, people, I mean, <laughs> okay. So who, who's in charge of the Olympic rosters now? Doug Armstrong and John Cooper were general manager and head coach for Team Canada. Those roles will now fall to Shane Doan and Claude Julian. Um, Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin was just announced as Stan Bowman's replacement a week ago as Team USA GM. But sources have said he won't be putting together this new U.S. roster. That task will likely fall to John Van Beesbrook. Names blast in the past is awesome. Uh, Assistant Executive Director of Hockey Operations at USA Hockey, who was already working with Garen at and New York Rangers GM Chris Drury in a player personnel capacity. If Chris Drury has any input on the roster makeup of this team, um, I, I I question that just based on his. D- uh, decision to trade Bushnevich for Sammy Blay. <laughs> I was, hold on. So, uh, someone's checking you, right? And not letting you uh, put this together on your own, right? You're doing this as a group? Right. Okay. There's heavy speculation that uh, former Rangers coach David Quinn, who was set to be an assistant coach under Mike Sullivan in Beijing, will likely take on head coaching duties for the team. So there you go. Anyone who watched the Olympics last time around, it was still entertaining, but it was clear U.S. and Canada were just outmatched. And I think we'll see that again. But as long as they're entertaining games to watch, and and let's face it, hey, the women's sport is very exciting. That that U.S.-Canada final last year, I, I think I've sold the story on the show. I woke up my wife and son because it was played until like, uh, I think it was played until like 12 yeah, it was late. maybe. Yeah, it was late. It was pretty late. Yeah. And when they scored and won, I lost my shit. What was the USA goalie's name? Woke everyone name? up in my house. USA What's goalie's that? name. What was the USA goalie's name? I forgot. Oh, oh she, she was the story. Hang on. She was the story. Yeah, she was fantastic. I forgot her name. Hillary Knight was fantastic. Yeah, no, good stuff. Just, I mean, just like Team USA soccer, you know, women's soccer. It's, uh, it's fun, fun to watch. More fun than the men. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah. women's hockey is more fun than men's hockey, but, you know, it's entertaining. They're good. Oh, when they're playing at a high level, it yeah. is, it's, it's very entertaining. Yeah. Okay, looking, 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 now looking, looking. For the goalie. Come on. on. Come on. Like 15 seconds, you should have it. <laughs> yeah. Alex we're, Rigsby, right? We're getting ready to close the Maddie show. Or Rooney? Neither. I thought it was like a short last name. Hang on. I thought she had like an Asian last name, didn't she? I don't know. Now I'm, I feel like an idiot for not <laughs> pulling it up right away. <laughs> we're trying to close the show out, Jeff. <laughs> I'm working on it, all right? I'm working here. I'm walking. I'm walking here. Do I need to look it up? No. Okay, YouTube YouTube comments. Uh, it's Maddie Rooney. It's Maddie Rooney. Okay, all right. Well, I was thinking of somebody else then. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking. Sorry. Sorry. Um, okay, so was there any explanation from the ref or NHL after the game why Bennington got the penalty for the delay of game penalty? Uh, not that I heard. You, you no. never get explanations for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um Unrelated to anything, but uh, Matt Harris says, I'm job hunting in Missouri right now. You all have any specific parts of the state to avoid specifically or look at? I guess it depends what you want to do. Uh, don't move to North St. Louis. 
<laughs> uh, oh, I, I didn't see this. Um, unrelated to anything. Okay, yeah, I see it. Uh, Matt, get with me on uh, some way to talk over social media or whatever. Uh, I'm sure Kurt, too, even though he's on the Illinois side. Uh, yeah, message us separately, and we'll we'll help you out. Probably depends on what you're wanting to do, too. Exactly. If yeah. you have a technology job, you want don't, to be in St. Louis. Yeah, don't move to the Ozarks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to work in agriculture, live anywhere else in Missouri. <laughs> um, with Perron, Thomas, and Kyra coming back into the lineup, who would GM Ponder and GM Price send to the AHL? Logan Brown. I mean, uh, well, we already saw Torpchenko move down, yeah. Pekka move down. Um, yeah. And and part of that, I think, is just because the Blues have a break, so might as well go get them games in the AHL. But they're going to stay down. Um, I As much as I love Dakota Joshua's game, I think he's got to be sent down. He has to be. Has to be. Um, Nathan Walker? I would... Hmm? I love Nathan Walker, man. Yeah, but, who, but really... who, do you, who do you not dress for him i think he just becomes your first call up well yeah but i'm okay sent, sent down okay fair enough well yeah is he just a healthy scratch then or is he playing i could see him being a healthy scratch over james neal oh in a second oh i agree with you completely yeah i love um, the way he plays i do too i i would i would release wave neal <laughs> um i, I would I too at this point well when you need to i mean you don't have to yet because he's still hurt he had a setback but when he's yeah. due to come back, I just wave him. I, there's no point in yep. having him. Not with, not with what you've seen from Joshua and Walker and Logan Brown. There's no, there's no point. Yep. Um, uh, those dark brown winter pads are so good. Uh, I love these vintage-looking goalie pad sets like Flurries in Chicago. Matt Harris again. Matt Harris is uh, kind of spamming it up here. He also said, I really, like, okay. I really like Lindgren. I hope this stretch propels him to a good role somewhere, whether it's STL or not. He says, I mean, it could be a thing where he's a late bloomer just figured it out. I mean, it's that happens. That happened with so. Craig Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dwayne Rolson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You never That's know. Example. So, and he's been good. It hasn't been lucky. He hasn't uh, benefited from a stellar defense. He's, if you watched him play, he's been really good. Yeah, he has. Um, and uh, Matt Harris says, agree with you all. Life and health matter in infinitely more than any tournament. That's true. And he says, will COVID be the uh, annual winter flu? Um, good question. I don't think there's going to be a new annual winter flu. I think the annual winter flu is here to stay. But I could see it being a part, like, uh, uh, enjoying the winter season with the flu. I think, hopefully, hopefully the variants that come along uh, just water it down so much that, you know, that, that it's not a uh, necessarily a threatening thing for everyone. It's hopefully it yeah. becomes more of a of a bad cold at worst, you know. So, yep. I think that wraps it up, Jeff. You ready to close it down? Yeah. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say now, uh, and and I'll speak for Bill Day as well because um, Bill did tell us to to mention that he says Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year. We'll be back next week. But um, everyone, hope you have a great holiday season. I know the two of us, not Bill included, but Kurt and I are off for the next little while, which is awesome. So we're going to have, we should definitely, you know what? uh, I started drinking four hours ago. 
six hours ago. I was going to say, <laughs> I actually had two shots before the show. So <laughs> I uh, I was celebrating the, the, the season being over for me. So, um, yeah, next week, definitely. Let's, let's get together next week. I'm going to say right. that live so it happens, mm-hmm. whether Bill's there or not. I think that'll be fun. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone, um, and and you know obviously in the season, in the spirit of the season, it's a good time to say thank you to everyone who participates in the show, who listens to the show every week. We love you guys. Um, always have a lot of fun, and you know seeing the reviews we get, the comments on social media, it means the world to us. So thank you very much for yeah. listening, participating. And um, hopefully we'll see you for a couple events coming up in 2022. Speaking of event, uh, speaking of our reviews, yeah, if you haven't left a review, um, do so. iTunes, uh, do that. Go in there and leave a, a interesting review. We'd love to read it. So, gotten a lot of good ones. Yep. Support for Let's Go Booze Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockin'thatidealife.com for more information. That's rockin'thatidealife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Booze Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centerizebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 15 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks uh, for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kirk Price. Until next time, everyone, all I want for Christmas is you. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. Bring us a cup, baby. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one.